That is the bell to round number two, fight number five, Pacific Coast Boxing. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ganchos aligado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado. Rick, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Just fired up to be here. That's exactly right, man. Big, big heavyweight fight over the weekend, Rick. Mm -hmm. It delivered. Okay, I don't care what or who you were a fan of, whether it was AJ, whether it was Usyk, but the fight absolutely delivered in a classic 12-round heavyweight matchup. The heavyweight division needed it. Boxing needed it, man. Yeah, no, it was good, you know, finally to get, um, you know, the heavyweight division kind of moving a little bit, but it's kind of going to get put back on hold, you know, here for a little bit as well. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Well, you know, we do have the big fight coming up in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, right, with Fury and yeah. Wilder. So it's not on hold quite just yet, yeah. Rick. After that fight, that is when I think it's going to get interesting as far as, you know, the fallout. Because you've got the Usek and AJ uh, fight that's going to – there's a rematch clause, of mm-hmm. course, that right that's going to be invoked. Of course, we're going to talk about that. Um, so I'd be interested to hear what you mean by the, by the, by the delay in the heavyweights. Yeah. When, when we get to that, Rick. Okay. But it was it was a very big weekend um, for the for boxing period. Like I said, um, I was out in Pismo Beach playing golf, Rick. So I had a good time. It's gone for three days. Okay. Um, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, Rick. I called this fight exactly as it happened, man. Yeah. No. No. Uh, you know. Congratulations. Yes. You know, uh, finally. For, yeah. Uh, the great prediction. Yes. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know the. We'll get into it, but you know Joshua's chin. I think he's as suspect of his chin as I am <laughs> of his own chin. Yes, yes, Rick. Well, we'll see. In fact, okay, here is yours truly, right on mm-hmm. last week's fight. Let's see if I can cut this in here, Rick. Be prepared. Here's the thing. I think that this guy Usek can box. I think he can frustrate Anthony Joshua. Like you said, we know that he can get hurt. He was hurt against Klitschko, got knocked out against Andy Ruiz. I've got Usek in a majority decision, Rick. Wow, look at that, Rick. Yeah. Right on the money from last week, man. Um, we'll talk about that though in the next segment because you know again anytime something like this happens right time to circle the wagons what happens we just had the great promoter uh, manager Cameron Duncan in last week um, bad choice we'll get into the details Rick but promoter manager how does that fight even happen how do you allow um, an, uh, an Anthony Joshua to get into the ring with a dangerous opponent like that man yeah no I I think. Um... I forget which sanctioning body, but um, you know they they put him as uh, I forget which kind of champion, but uh, it it was a it was a mandatory. Yes, but not a not a good mandatory for him to take. No, not at all. Yeah. And you know that you don't you don't have to take those. You can cite step yeah. those. We'll t- we'll break down the fight. Got a lot to say about that. Again, the promoter, the manager, of course, the strategy um, that that played out in that fight, taking nothing away, of course, from Usek. Who you know, where do you put him now as far as mm-hmm. Um, on the pound-for-pound rankings. A lot of people are talking about him as number two now, Rick, right behind Canelo. Uh, you know, and, and probably, you yeah. know, he, 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 uh, he went up um, 
a division to 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 win the heavyweight title of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you could you could tell the size difference. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, we couldn't put him ahead of Canelo. I think some people were talking like crazy like that. But yeah, you, there's no way we could do that. But yeah, uh, two's good, especially when you know ESPN has um. Terrence Crawford there. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. Just the fact that he's in the discussion, yeah. right, about being, you know, in the top five or in the top three. Some people already had him in the top five. Mm-hmm. This pretty much solidifies him, yeah. right, as top five pound for pound, cleaning out the cruiserweight division, now holding three of the belts in the heavyweight division. And then, of course, just another virtuoso performance. I'm going to say very similar to what Teofimo Lopez did against uh, Lomachenko. Except this time it was the Ukrainian fighter mm-hmm. who delivered against the English fighter. So again, we got a whole segment right after um, the, uh, the the intro here that we're going to talk about. Rick got a lot going on in the boxing news, of course, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. Um, we didn't really get an opportunity to get into it last week, uh, of course, because we had a couple of guests on. But a lot going on, Rick. Yeah. Right? You had the Canelo, the Plant. Um, of course, we're going to talk about the, uh, the the press conference they had and the fisticuffs flying, the Oscar De La Hoya offering $100 million, mm-hmm. got the Lopez Cambus, uh, Ruiz Ortiz, uh, you got the Munguia Rosado fight. Yeah. Looks like that's finally coming to reality. So you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but we are in round number two, Rick. So we always talk about a fight uh, that kind of resonates with us. They've been shown, I don't know if you've been watching it, but they've been shown on PBS of all channels. Go figure. Yeah. They've been showing the um, the uh, Muhammad Ali documentary by Ken Burns. Okay. So nothing new, quite honest, quite honestly. Especially um, having read, I read the book Ghost of Manila for uh, by Mark Crom, and as usual, the book is usually more detailed and better than anything you'll see on television. Yeah. But it's still a good documentary. Yeah. And really good. Like if you don't know anything about Muhammad Ali, or if you never read anything, watch it. Like you'll get caught up with everything, and they go through every opponent. But it reminded me, right? One of his uh, the the opponent that most everybody remembers is Joe Frazier, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people will recall Howard Cosell's call, right? When they down goes Frazier, right? Mm-hmm. That wasn't against Muhammad Ali. That was against George Foreman, yeah. and that was in their first fight when George Foreman knocked him out in round number two, Rick. Yeah, no, it, uh, big big fight at the time, both undefeated. Yeah. Um, and Foreman was the three to one underdog going into the fight. Yeah, which which was interesting because you're right. So Foreman um, was 29 and 0. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm sorry. Foreman was 37 and 0. Yeah. Uh, Fraser 29 and 0. Right, fighting fighting for all the marbles. Right, um, and but in the end, right again, hindsight, kind of like the Usek and Joshua. This was a bad matchup for the champion Joe Fraser. Yeah, no, I think he was just too small. Uh, George Foreman was too big. Um, you know. It, kind of how you know this fight uh, this past weekend should it k- kind of could have went yes but uh, we'll get into you know why um, you know in, in questioning why Anthony Joshua got so small in that fight yeah exactly his his his, uh, his advantage was his size that's exactly you know, right George Foreman was able to use it you know and um, able to win this fight yeah yeah and he, and and he gave it all away mm-hmm. yeah and in this fight yeah Fraser was knocked down three times in the first round yeah. right and then three times in the second and then finally it was a done deal um, of course George Foreman would go on to lose against Muhammad Ali in eight mm-hmm. rounds later on but yeah so this fight uh, was v- very timely this fight because of the matchup and then afterwards folks saying 
that, you know, Joe Frazier's style, it goes easier to say afterwards, but his style just fed right into George Foreman's, the yeah. whole boxing, you know, styles make fights, no doubt about it, right? Big George, big uh, thudding right hand, and, you know, kind of slow and plodding, but very powerful, obviously. Bad matchup, Rick. Yeah, ter- yeah, terrible matchup. So that was our round two. All right, coming up, we've got the breakdown of the Usek Anthony Joshua. Can't wait to get into it, Rick. Um, lot, a lot, a lot of things going on there. A lot of folks to blame, I think. Bad decision all the way around. We'll be right back, Pacific Coast Boxing. If it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. All right, Rick. So, again, this past weekend, huge fight for boxing. Mm-hmm. Anytime the heavies are at center stage, it's going to be a big fight. Even bigger now because we had Anthony Joshua, the holder, of course, of, of three belts of the WBA, IBF, WBO, put them all on the line against Alexander Usek, loses by majority decision. I did say it was going to be on the unanimous decision. What am I talking about? Um, I said majority decision. I thought AJ was going to get at least one one judge to go his way. But huge fight, Rick. Now we're hearing all the fallout. And I'll tell you, I'll I'll start here, right? Usek, by the way, first of all, give him all the credit in the world, right? Looked tremendous, right? Had a game plan and clearly was able to impose his will on Anthony Joshua right off the bat, Rick, right oh. from the very first round. You know, we talked about his nickname is the cat. He kind of has that pawing right hand that he uses as a jab. He feints and then he immediately found a home for that straight left. Yeah. And that ultimately is what dictated um, really the pace. That's really what, what set the tone for the fight, mm-hmm. right? By the time the middle rounds came around and Anthony Joshua started finding some success, and sounds funny, with countering, even though he was like bigger, right? The actual legitimate yeah. heavyweight. By the time the middle rounds came, Usyk had already put too many rounds in the bank. AJ could not apply enough pressure. And then Usyk again uh, won the last few rounds, definitely won the 12th round. So great performance by Usyk before we mm-hmm. get into any of AJ's shortcomings, Rick. Great performance by Usyk. No, no, he did. He perfected. Uh, he executed his plan. Um, you know, they came in, um, and he did what um, what Usyk does. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. They, they they weren't able to change what uh, Usyk does. You know, they. It was almost like uh, Joshua tried to use Usyk's plan. Yeah. Against him, and you know, you're not going to be able to outbox you know the the slick lefty. You know, and uh, when when you're the bigger guy, it's just it, it was a terrible game plan going in. Um, but give Usyk all the credit in the world, and even though we shouldn't give any credit, give credit to the judges yeah. for 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 getting it right. Yeah, isn't that funny? By the way, mm-hmm. that we've had the last couple of fights, yeah. this one, and then of course the Manny Pacquiao, right, mm-hmm. and Ugas, where everybody's like, congratulations to the judges, yeah. right, yeah. for not screwing it up because yeah. everybody's waiting, right? We're waiting for that. That decision to go the other way for the name fighter, mm-hmm. right, didn't happen. So everybody like kind of breathes a, a sigh of relief, like, okay, great, they got it right because they did. Yeah. yeah, as far as, okay, 
from a strategic perspective, tactical Anthony Joshua, we knew that he was coming into the fight wanting to weigh less. Um, you know, Raul had mentioned that he was going to come in at 230. Turns out he mm -hmm. came in at 240. 240. So you have to ask yourself, why, to your point? Yeah. Was the goal to outbox this guy who is, you know, an Olympic champion, a Ukrainian who's known to be a slick boxer? Mm -hmm. Okay, now, I watched Usyk's, like, last three or four fights, Rick. They, they were showing them uh, as, they, as they're apt to do, right, leading up yeah. to a fight. That's why I picked him, by the way. I picked him because I started really watching his fights, and I said, you know what? Not only can this guy box, this guy can bang. Like, he's not afraid to, to, to mix it up. Yeah. And I thought if he can do that with Anthony Joshua, he's got a, he's got a chance. And then, of course, um, you got—so let, let's look at Anthony Joshua, okay? He loses against Andy Ruiz, right? Gets knocked out. Second fight, Andy Ruiz comes in completely out of shape, 280 pounds. And what does he do, Rick? He boxes for 12 rounds. Yeah. Never engaged, right? No. Never engaged. Okay, again, taking nothing away from Anthony Joshua, he did what he had to do against Ruiz, but it wasn't all that difficult, Yeah. right? The second fight wasn't a challenge, Rick. He literally ran circles around Ruiz, mm -hmm. right, and just put enough points away. What, who in the heck convinced him that that strategy was going to work against Usyk, that he was going to prance around him? And why would you want to? As the bigger yeah. man, no, it it, uh, it was ridiculous. Um, you know, uh, I read some George Foreman comments after mm -hmm. after the fight, and he yeah. said Joshua looks afraid, and yeah. he's, and he's lost his identity. Yeah, um, he was cautious, and and he's a puncher. You know, he, he's yeah. not a boxer. No, that's you know, exactly he, right. He's a puncher. That's he, exactly you know, right. Um, and that um, you know, George Foreman wasn't calling for it's Rob McCracken is the. Uh, is trainer, the trainer. Yes, um, not for him to get fired, yeah. but he has to bring somebody else in. Yeah, to help out with with the training camp as much as um, as much money as uh, Joshua makes. Yeah, he'll be able to afford you know anybody to come in and help with the training camp because that's really what he needs. Yeah, um, to you know regain his. You could see it in the third round. He got hit. Yeah, he was afraid. Um, you know, uh, Roy Jones felt like um, he. He gave he gave away the first three rounds, yeah, and gave um, Usyk confidence. You right. Know, when, when you're the bigger guy, yep. you have to go in there, impose your will. Yeah. And um, he gave him too much respect. Yeah. And then his confidence grew and said, "I can, I can, I can beat this guy." Yeah, I agree. By the way, yeah. you know, Rick, we talked about um, on round nine of fight number four. Um, we were talking about the Charlo Castano fight. Mm -hmm. Remember that fight, yeah. right? Where, you know, Charlo, all of, you know, 5'11 against Castano, 5'7, and he completely gave up his advantage yeah. by fighting with his back against ropes. Remember that? Yeah. And and I was questioning the strategy of uh, of Derek James, who was his trainer, right? And, and this is when, by the way, right? This is the job of a manager, by the way, Rick. A good manager assesses their fighter and really makes that determination as to whether or not their current trainer is the right fit, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that trainer was good up until that point, right? Yeah. But the trainer doesn't have enough, you know, a uh, skill set, enough proficiency themselves, right? Yeah. To 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 introduce some kind of a variance to their fighters' skill sets, right? Mm -hmm. Add more to their repertoire, as Jesse the Body Ventura would say, yeah. right? And and so it's a good point by George Foreman, right? Again, you don't have to fire McCracken, uh -huh. right? He's gotten him to that point, but you absolutely have to bring somebody different just to take a look. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, right, 
Yeah, you, you, you can't see again. You can dance 12 rounds against Ruiz. Look at the poster here to your right. Look at Ruiz at 280 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But you're not going to do that against the fit-in-shape Usek. The advantage that Anthony Joshua had, that he was a few inches taller than him, right? Mm-hmm. And he should have been smothering him. He should have forced, because here's the thing, right? Yeah. In the middle rounds, when Joshua actually started to back him up, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. Right, Josh was finally figuring it out. Okay, and they started getting into some firefights in the middle of the ring, and Usek was kind of flailing away with wild punches, and so was Joshua. Joshua just missed catching him, right? Yeah. If Joshua catches him, Usek is out because mm-hmm. he did touch. He did touch him up. You could see Usek's face, but those moments were far and few in between because it was mainly Joshua backing up, yeah. eating the jab and eating the straight left. Right, And so when I said right at the intro to this segment that Usek had imposed his will, that's what it's about, right? It's about a fighter coming in, having a strategy, and imposing that and forcing the other fighter to make adjustments. And that's what Joshua should have done, which is what you said earlier, right? He should have pressed Usek. Now Usyk has no choice, but the, what's he going to do? Yeah. Try, and, try, and, you know, try and box? He can't when the guy's on him. But obviously Joshua and, and McCracken, that's not what they trained for. That wasn't the plan, which which blows me away still. Yeah. I don't get it. That the plan was we're gonna outbox the smaller cruiserweight for twelve rounds. Yeah. Or eventually we're gonna land and we're gonna tire them out because we're in, you know, just the conditioning. Well, see, and and here's the, the, the holes in that plan. You know, I, I, yeah. I think they they switched to becoming a boxer because they're questioning Joshua's endurance. Yeah. They're questioning Joshua's chin. Yeah. And if you're questioning those two things, you know, I think by force they're trying to make him into a boxer. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to help him. It's going to hurt him. Especially the, you, you, you can get away with that when the guy's you know 289 pounds exactly. in the ring. Exactly. You know, but Usyk moves well. Uh, you know, moves around too well for that. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, you know, he, Joshua needed to find a way to get inside. And, and and make it a make it a slugfest. That that's, was his only shot. That's exactly right. You know, Rick, we were talking. I told you last week. The Ring magazine had the uh, Hearns and Leonard mm-hmm. fight on the cover, right? Well, right. There's an example. Hearns came out as the boxer, right? Everybody yeah. thought it was going to be Leonard. Hearns was out boxing him, right? Yeah. And then it was in the later rounds that Angelo Dundee, right, had the light of fire under Sugar Ray Leonard. Basically, you're blowing it, son, right? Mm-hmm. We're not going to win boxing. So what did Leonard do? He turned it into a fight, yeah. right? He turned it into a brawl, and he knocks out Hearns. That's what great fighters do, right? This isn't football where you know you make adjustments at halftime, right? Sometimes, Rick, you got to make the adjustment after round one, yeah, right? Yeah. After round one, the good fighters and the effective trainers they realize that okay, whatever we plan for, let's throw it out the window. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah, you can't go in there, you know, and it's almost like they had a plan A and they refused to change it. You know, yeah. They were going to keep doing it and keep doing it. But I, I, I think that's where it comes into play. You know, they don't trust the endurance. They don't trust the chin. And, you know, especially in that third round when when, when he got hit, um, they were really worried about, you know, is he going to be able to finish this fight? Yeah. You know, um, but endurance is what this guy's supposed to have, Rick. I mean, he looks think. like a Greek god. He's Adonis. Yeah. He's like conditioning is his thing. The problem is conditioning doesn't matter when you get hit. Yeah. Okay. Out goes conditioning out the window when you get hit in the head, get hit in the chin, get hit in the body. Speaking of the body, right? 
AJ was finding success when he was hitting, when he was landing to Usek's body. Of course, right? Smaller guy. You take some air out of the tires, Rick. You start breaking windows in the building and you break the fighter down. Hard to do that when you're backing up. Yeah. The only way you're going to do that is by smothering him. And yes, you may have to eat a few punches coming in. But you know what? You finally get him in the corner. You wear him down with some big punches, big thudding shots to the side. And Usek would have been slowed down. Yeah, and and being the bigger guy, you can't back up and win point win rounds. No, not like you know, that. The, the judges not aren't like gonna, that. You know, no, not aren't gonna in, go for that. No, it's not gonna happen like that. Even Muhammad Ali later in his career, he had to make adjustments. Right mm-hmm. when he came back after the three year layoff, he was no longer the you know float uh, uh, you know and sting like float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Yeah. that wasn't him anymore. When he beat Foreman in the eighth round, right, it was basically doing kind of the rope a dope. And just kind of biding his time, yeah. and letting Foreman, you know, uh, uh, tire himself out, eating punches, and then all of a sudden, wham, wham, he finished the fight. Yeah. Um, in, a- in, in in AJ's case, no adjustments, horrible game plan. As far as what happens next, I'm getting a little tired, Rick, of all of these rematch clauses. Yeah, right. Where it's like, hey, I lost, but that's okay. I, I, you know, I have a rematch. Something about that doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, and and we just uh, talked about the you know Joe Frazier yeah. and um, George Foreman. Yeah, you know, Muhammad Ali didn't get a immediate rematch. No, you know George Foreman, you know, didn't give um, Joe Frazier an immediate rematch. No, there, there, there's no uh, no, you know, there's no need for it. No, um, and, and plus there's something about having to work your way back up mm-hmm. to even get that opportunity, right? Yeah, but you know what happens in today's world, right? Is Usyk doesn't get the fight. Unless he agrees to the rematch yeah. clause, let's be honest, yeah. right? They're like, yeah, you want to fight him, then you're going to have to sign on the dotted line. But it's unfortunate because um, I don't think most people want to see it, right? I'd like mm-hmm. to see Usyk fight. I mean, ideally, Usyk fights the winner of Fury Wilder. Yeah. And by the way, none of those fights now looks appealing as far as Wilder and Joshua or Fury and Joshua. Mm-hmm. They both knock him out. Yeah. No. I, and 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 that's what I kind of meant about you know. The heavyweight division is going to be on hold. Um, you know, we have to wait for for this rematch to take place. Yes. Before, like, if Fury beats Wilder, which you know, he should, which he should, you know, then, you know, who does he go? Who does he fight at that point? It should have been the winner of this past fight. Um, you know, and then if Wilder wins, then then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have another another rematch. You know. Um, I don't think point, I don't think they have a rematch clause now. Though, I don't right? think they'll have a clause, but yeah. who, who else are they going to fight? You know, the, to to make that kind of money. Well, oh, it'll have to be Usyk. I, yeah. I don't know if it'll generate the same kind of money. Yeah, but it'll have to be Usyk. See, I'd like you know, if this is just me, right? I feel like when a fighter wins a fight of that magnitude, right, mm-hmm. and turns in such a virtuoso performance, they deserve to go home, right, and yeah. kind of fight. You know, in front of their fans against somebody mm-hmm. who they're expected to beat because they've earned that. Well, Usyk did say that uh, he 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 wants this next fight in the Ukraine. Yeah, and, and Hearn's yeah. already turned that down, right? Oh, okay. Hearn's just said, "Yeah, I don't think so." Yeah. He already said, "Yeah, good good luck with that. It's going to take place in the in the UK in England yeah. somewhere." I mean, here's the thing, Rick. Another example. You know, we talked about the Josh Warrington fight and the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Sixty six thousand fans, Rick. There to watch that fight. Yeah. So that's the thing, you know. Anthony, and it's not just Anthony Joshua, although you know he's why they were there. But the English fans, they just love boxing, man. And if yeah. they have somebody of of note of any sort of caliber, certainly a heavyweight champion, they're going to come out. Mm-hmm. And so again, you know, I, I think it. I think it's. Um, I think it's unfortunate. I think it sucks for Usyk. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Who's now the champion? Who's going to have to fight in this guy's backyard again? Yeah. And here's how's the thing that, about how's that fair? Yeah. And you know, here's the thing, the thing about the uh, heavyweight division. You know, we the biggest fight in boxing. You yeah. Know, three years ago. Yeah. Was Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder? Right. Since that point. Yeah. You know, both of them have lost. That's right. Um. You know, then then it was supposed to be the biggest fight, Fury, Joshua. Right. We didn't get that one either. Right. You know, we, we had all these other fights and, you know, who knows? At the end of this thing, you know, it, yeah. Fury could be undefeated. Usyk could be undefeated. But yeah. Fury's so big. Yeah. And he's smart enough to use his advantages over yeah. Usyk. Right. That it almost feels like a mismatch. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that it's probably what it would be. Yeah. Roy Jones said that that would be a boring fight mm-hmm. is what he said. Um, I don't think it would be boring at all because yeah. I think that, it would again, it would be... Fury, right, using his height advantage mm-hmm. and keeping him at bay with the long reach. And then eventually Usek is going to have to try to get inside, and I think Fury catches him. Yeah. But there's no way that Fury allows Usek to do what he did to, to Anthony Joshua. Yeah. There's just no way. Fury's not going to give up his size advantage yeah. the way AJ did. It's just not going to happen. Um, but I still think it would be an intriguing fight. Yeah. And that is the fight, Rick. Assuming that Fury gets by Wilder, that is the fight. Mm-hmm. That that would unify the uh, the heavyweight championship. And I think that's what's got to happen. Unfortunately, um, Usyk has to fight Anthony Joshua again. Yeah. And I'll tell you, okay, who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, it'll be, a, you know, guaranteed Usyk beats him. I'm not so sure. No, I'm, yeah, it, it um, I, I definitely think Usyk would be the, uh, the favorite. Yeah. Um, but... Who knows if he comes in with the uh, same strategy and, yeah. and the same trainer and nothing's changed? Yeah, then I don't expect it to change. But yeah, but I think that you know at this point there's no way, right? Yeah. Because they've already tried this, right? They've went down this road; it didn't work. So they're going to have to try something mm-hmm. different. I think he's going to come in. He would come. He's going to come in bigger, right? Yeah, obviously heavier, and it's going to be a more smothering type of fight. That's what he'll do, right? And yeah. but this is what I don't like, right? It's like why do you get two chances? Yeah. Right. Like, why couldn't you do it the first time? Yeah. Be- and, you know, but because you're the A side, right, and mm-hmm. you've got all of the leverage, you force these guys to sign the just like with Andy Ruiz, right? Um, although, see, with Ruiz, I understood it because Ruiz was coming out of nowhere. Yeah. He held no belts. Usyk is was a legitimate, you know, uh, cruiserweight champion. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd like to see Usyk fight one or two in between, but no, I I don't think if they fight again. Like right now, if you ask me, right, and I, I'm the credible source right now, having yeah. Colin the fight perfectly, I would not say Usyk beats him again easily. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, it. it uh, but yeah, it's definitely a lot of criticism coming around. Uh, you know, everybody is lining up to, yeah. to criticize. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Tyson said after watching the fight, yeah, that uh, maybe they both had a bad night, yeah, but neither one of them could beat me in my prime, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in their in his prime, yeah, yeah, I think prime. he's right. Yeah. I think he's. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Usek, I think would have given him issues. Not yeah. not Anthony Joshua, but Usek would have given him issues. Uh, Dillian White said that yeah. Anthony Joshua was afraid to get countered. That yeah, was, that was his big uh, issue. Right, um, right. You know, and our our favorite, Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, you know, came uh, said that uh, Thomas Hearns. Yeah. Is ruining the career of Anthony Joshua. Yeah, per- and purposely messed up his name. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think his I think his girlfriend called him uh, Tommy Hearns. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was getting a facial <laughs> while being interviewed for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And again, okay. So let's let's before we end the segment. Yes, bad decision by the promoter. Mm-hmm. Why would Eddie Hearns put him up against 
a, a, a dangerous southpaw like this. Eddie Hearns must have been bought into it as well, right? Yeah. Hey, no big deal. As big as Joshua is, mm-hmm. after the you know after what happened against Ruiz the first time, we'll never let right. There'll yeah. never be a letdown. We're never going to overlook another opponent, right? He's going to come in in peak physical condition. He's going to completely outbox Usek for twelve rounds. No big deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I and and again, and you've got boxing experts like myself and a lot of other folks saying no. Like we think Usyk's going to win. Uh-huh. This is a bad matchup for your guy, especially if he was trying to set him up for that mega fight against Fury. Yeah. This is just a bad fight. No. Yeah. You fight him after Fury. Yeah. Because here's the thing, Fury or AJ probably has a better shot against Fury than he does against Usyk. Yeah, could be. Because at least, you know, Fury is not as fast, right? Mm -hmm. And he's not as quick and he's not as nimble. And I think that Anthony Joshua probably has a better opportunity of outboxing Fury. Not that he would. Yeah, I'm saying, but that's a better matchup for him certainly than Usyk. So you got the promoter to blame, you got Mm -hmm. the manager to blame. And then at some point, though, Rick... You is the fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, Anthony Joshua is the person. He is the one in that squared circle. And he's getting just completely, you know, he's eating that straight left, right? Yeah. That's just being stuffed in his face and his right eye all day long. At some point, you've got to make the adjustment, man. Yeah. And say, you know what? This isn't working. You know, screw what you guys are telling me in the corner, right? Um, although they kept going to commercial a couple of times, Rick, so we couldn't hear it. <laughs> your your pet peeve. <laughs> But at some point, Rick, as a fighter, I think you've got to say, screw it. I'm going to turn this into a brawl mm-hmm. or risk you know, losing the decision in 12 rounds. I may as well take matters into my own hands. Yeah. No, it, it, um, he, has to do, he had to have done something different, and um, you know, he just he came on a little bit. But every time he came on a little bit, he kind of like he put it back into reverse. Yeah, because he yeah. kept getting, he'd get hit. Yeah. Usek would counter him, even though he was being effective. And there you have it. All right, Rick. Well, there you have it. Yeah. Big, big, big fight in the heavyweight division again. But it did deliver. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a really good fight. It was, it was compelling. It, um, you know, the momentum swung in the middle of the fight. It's exactly what we needed, honestly. It wasn't a snoozer. Yeah. Gave us something to talk about. All right, we got a lot more to talk about with regards to the boxing news. We'll be right back right after this break. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. After that discussion on the great heavyweight fight, Rick, it's always something about the heavyweights, by the way. Don't get me wrong. Like any fight, you know, we talked about Ugas and Pacquiao after that fight and Castano and Charlo, but there's something about the heavyweight division yeah, that's just a little different. And like I said, I'm glad it delivered and it was a good fight. Yeah, no, no, it, it was a good fight. Um, yeah, your new heavyweight champion of the world, you know, Alexander Usyk. Yeah, and they started drawing all these comparisons to other fighters, you know, whether it was Alvander Holyfield who mm-hmm. moved up and whatnot. And, you know, I mean, hard to draw comparisons to all of them. Michael Moore, uh-huh. right? He had moved up. Um, the thing is, you know, the, the only questionable thing here is, is, you know, is Anthony Joshua legitimate? Yeah. Right? That's the whole thing, you know? Um, because when Holyfield moved up and fought Riddick Bowe, it was when Riddick Bowe used his size advantage, right, mm-hmm. that he was able to beat Holyfield. 
Holyfield had Tyson's number because Tyson just wasn't a very big dude. Yeah. And Holyfield could take a punch. And like you said, they can fight 20 times and Holyfield would have beaten him 20 times. Yeah. This was just, I don't know, man. I think that, you know, maybe we're just finding out that Josh was not as good as we think he is. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, yeah, that's that, that's part of it. You know, um, I, I think his biggest win was uh, Klitschko against Klitschko. And that was a really, really old Klitschko. An old fading Klitschko that yeah. almost had him out. Yeah. That almost had Joshua out. Don't forget, right, Joshua won his title against the tough Charles Martin, mm -hmm. right, who won his championship because his opponent got, had his knee injured. That's how he won. Of course, Charles Martin is now ranked number one again by the IBF. Don't don't ask me <laughs> how. But, yeah, it, it, I mean, so that's, that's the other thing. I'll take nothing away from Usyk, but, you know, they do a really good job, I'll say this much, about promoting AJ and who he is. Mm -hmm. And, by the way, and he's a very – comes across as a very nice guy too, right? Yeah. Stand up, right? Good sportsman. No sour grapes, right? Gives credit to Usyk. So – in that sense, he carried the crown or the championship well as well. Yeah. But is he legit? Like, do we talk about, do we look back 10 years, 20 years later, Rick, and talk about Anthony Joshua as one of the great heavyweights of all time? Maybe not even one of the best English heavyweights of all time. Right. Right. Yeah. So Lennox Lewis, you know, set the bar pretty high. Oh, yeah. No, there's no, oh, no, he's no Lennox Lewis. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. He is no Lennox Lewis. And, and the, the, the fights that Lewis got knocked out in, uh, Oliver McCall, Hasim mm -hmm. Rahman, he came back and knocked them both out. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this, this guy's no Lennox Lewis. Mm -hmm. No, Lennox Lewis could mix it up. Lennox Lewis could box. He could punch. No, this guy's not even close. Yeah. They were trying to build him up to be that. Yeah. But, yeah, we look back, and we're probably going to look and see, yeah, he held the belt in an era where we started the whole not everybody fights everybody, mm -hmm. the promoters get in the way, right? And but again, he did agree to fight Usyk as well. I'm sure the fighter has some say so. Yeah, and he agreed to fight him. So credit to him for that. Mm -hmm. But all right, Rick, what else we got going on in boxing? Uh, so this weekend um, we've got a couple cards. You know, not huge cards. It's, I think it's kind of just a holdover just to get us to next week when we've got uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Yep. Uh, but so this weekend there's an ESPN Plus card from Monterey, Mexico, Miguel Vasquez versus Oliver Flores. Yeah. Um, a few more fights on that card, but uh, there's also a card from uh, London, which is on uh, Sky Sports. It's not even the zone. So, yeah. Uh, Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, versus um, Anatoly Murtov in uh, the middleweight uh, division. Yeah. Um, that's probably going to have to be my lock of the week because um, pretty much the, the, the only fighter I <laughs> I know I gotcha. in this group. But yeah, uh, yeah, Chris Eubank Jr. They're building him up. Yeah, uh, Roy Jones will have him ready for yeah. that fight. Yeah, you know, Chris Eubank Jr. Lock per of the week. Perfect. Yeah, you got to make a comeback. Kind yeah. of been a I'm gonna say Rick, kind of been a little rough stretch for you here. Yeah, uh, last, last couple months. You know, it, well, it's been a rough stretch for uh, everybody. You know, due to COVID and uh, everything. <laughs> You know, and it has a lot to do with these these uh, these picks. By the way, speaking of Roy Jones Jr., I liked him on the telecast. Like, no, uh, like, yeah. When did he get in there? Because I liked him. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know? I, I think I mentioned uh, probably a couple months ago. I yeah. thought he was going to be calling. Um, was it the Canelo fight? I think he. I thought he was going to be calling. Yeah. But he was just kind of there doing some yeah. side reporting. But it's good to have him back in there. Yeah. Um, you know. Listening to the fight, yeah, you know, it just when there's three English guys doing the fight, it's it's kind of rough. You yeah, know, here right. we had the two uh, two Americans in there, and then we only had the one English guy. Right, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I just I, I liked him. You know, like yeah. I said, he's not always the the most well spoken, mm-hmm. right? But you know what? He he kind of speaks from the heart or from the gut, yeah. and and it works out. You know, they were talking about at the very beginning of the fight about the whole atmosphere mm-hmm. and how electric it was and how you'd have to be nervous and then you know and he said i would be nervous you know <laughs> i would even be myself you know so i i liked it i like how he calls fights i don't miss his partner right um i can do without him uh-huh. but um who they interviewed a lot by the way for this fight yeah which i did uh forget to mention uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago um he opted out of the evander holyfield uh oh he did fight. yeah he did, oh, okay. he did not want to call that fight okay Okay. So, um, you know, Triller was okay with, with hosting it, Yeah, but he was not okay with calling it. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. He knew, yeah. he knew, he knew what he was doing. But all right, Rick, so what else we got? Again, uh, so we got the big fight coming up in two weeks. It'll be a big fight coming up in two yep. weeks. Tyson Fury, Deontay yep. Wilder, you know, we'll break it down, yeah. you know, next week. And, and, you know, for sure, Yeah. you know, I'll make that my lock of the week. And, uh, you know, but we'll get into that uh, next week. All right. Um. Also from this uh, past week, um, the Canelo Plant uh, press conference. Yeah, you know, there was a, a shove. Yeah, uh, supposedly some comments about uh, Canelo's mom, yeah. which which start uh, you know a push, mm-hmm. and then and then pretty much a couple slaps, and then um, by the end of it, you know Plant is cut under his right eye. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I tell you what it did, by the way. I was telling you, mm-hmm. it uh, it changed the odds of the fight. I think, by yeah. the way, right when everybody saw how uh, first of all. How, you know, Caleb Plant like walks up to him kind of really smooth and then he tries to, you know, surprise him with that straight jab and Canelo immediately faints. I mean, he immediately Uh goes back, you know, Um, you know, the jab misses and then a quick left and -hmm. then the right, which, you know, he opened his hand, which I think is smart. Right. So he wasn't going to break his knuckles or anything like that. But just the fact that, you know, Canelo's reflexes and how he landed that left, I'm telling you. Folks in Vegas were like, dang it, why did that have to happen? Yeah, and it was at the beginning of training camp. Yeah, so, right. So, you know, Canelo's going to get even faster. That's right. Um, you know, it just, um, yeah, it just showed that uh, Canelo's probably way too fast for this guy, and um, Plant is going to get hurt in this fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't, um, like I said, and, and I think most people believe that, by the yeah. way. And Canelo's, you know, favored by minus 1,100, minus. So, uh, again, and that was just a... Uh, a sign of things to come, I think, mm-hmm. right? And the thing is, by the way, with the whole, you know, the word, the mother effer, right? Yeah. That is taken bad, uh-huh. right? That is taken bad. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. You know, Plant was saying today, well, he called, uh, I think it was Demetrius Andre, uh-huh. the, a mother effer, yeah. right? So what's the difference, right? What's the difference when you're saying it versus when it's being received, uh-huh. right? <laughs> but I, I, I know, I know when I was a kid once, and not a kid, I said when I was like in my 20s mm-hmm. visiting some of my older cousins, I uh, I said that word while we were playing uh, uh, cards, you know, yeah. and he was offended. And it was serious. Yeah. yeah oh, oh yeah, I got real serious. Yeah. <laughs> I got serious real fast. Right? He's like, "Mother effer, amigo," you know, "Mother effer, amigo." Is is that what you just said? And it took his older brother to kind of calm him down and say, "Hey, hey, when they're saying that, they're not really talking about our mom. That's just something to be said, you know." So yeah. that's what I thought about, you know, yeah. but about my my cousin George almost coming across the card table. Mm-hmm. So, but. Either way, man. Yeah, that was it. Wasn't good simply because we saw how quickly Canelo was able to slip that jab mm-hmm. and then land a quick left, and he would have landed a right. But that, by the way, it would have finished the fight. Yeah, 
No, no. <laughs> it would have finished the fight right then and there, and we got to see it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think from this point, I guarantee you the promoters are saying, hey, guys, no more, right? And, well, the the other part about this is um, they go face-to-face, face face, mm-hmm. and the closest person is Jimmy Lennon Jr. Nobody else is within, yeah. you know, yeah. 30 feet of these two. Right, right, like, yeah. At no point did they think that this might be an issue, you know. Uh, I don't think they thought it would happen like that. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they thought it would happen. And, and by the way, you know, um, what a big push, yeah. right? I mean, he he went back. I think uh-huh. like you know thirty feet, and didn't fall back, right? Well, we didn't even break that part down. Yeah, the speed yeah. is obviously there. Yeah, and so is the power. Yeah, I mean that was yeah. pretty. That's like a Bruce Lee thing. Like the push is it was uh-huh. within two inches, right? Uh-huh. But the force of the push <laughs> that went back thirty feet and he didn't fall, right? Like that mm-hmm. was pretty good balance too. And, you know? I, and I think Canelo purposely didn't wear the uh, the platform sneakers in this one. Yeah, the Canelos. You know, he, yeah, he was definitely about four or five inches shorter. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah, yeah, than, you than could play. tell. But yeah, the whole thing was just a little odd. Like, yeah. man, I don't remember anybody pushing somebody. Think about that. You know, like you know, have you seen or been pushed? Like somebody pushes you and you go back like twenty feet. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, we went back a far ways. <laughs> if the table wasn't there, he would have still been going. I think mm-hmm. he would have went all the way outside to wherever they were. Right? Yeah. It's like a cartoon. <laughs> and then he came all the way back. But yeah, I guarantee you the promoters, right, circled the wagons and are saying, hey, guys, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Right? I think a lot of people already think this is a mismatch, right? Vegas, like I said, they've got Canelo way, way as a favorite, uh-huh. right? Let's not, you know, substantiate what, you know, and justify what they already know. Right? Yeah. By Canelo, you know, slipping, landing a quick two punches. So I don't think you'll see that anymore. Yeah, no, no, I think... Uh, and I don't know who the guy was, by the way, the, the... I don't know who the, you know, the clown with the yellow shirt <laughs> that jumped on to looking for action or, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What was that well, about? He, he was on his tippy toes, yeah. chest out. Yeah, we need yeah. to figure out who that guy yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. We need to have him on the uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I would like to. I, I want him. Yeah, at yeah. our press conferences, just in case. Yeah, because yeah, he jumped on there, yeah, after the melee. What's going on, you know? Yeah. Definitely the smallest guy there too. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. If and good thing nobody from Plants Camp got up on stage because they would have had to have dealt with him. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, we got a real mess on our hands with the uh, Teofimo Lopez uh, Cambosos fight. Yeah. Um, it looked like it was going to be moved to the 16th. They were moving it away from uh, Monday, which was kind of weird to have it on a Monday night going up against the uh, Raiders uh, Chargers game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they they were going to move that. Uh, Cambosis wants money to he wants three hundred fifty thousand uh, to move it uh, to the other day. And um, at this point, uh, there's a chance that um, it may Triller may just you know get rid of the fight, and uh, it it would then go to Dazone, who was second in the uh, purse bid. And this was the fight, of course, that they were trying to make in Australia, yeah. right? That Tefimo said no, mm-hmm. right? So now, as of today, it's it's scheduled for Tuesday the fifth. Yeah, and where's the fight at? Um, New York. Yeah. So that the whole thing is just odd. Yeah. Right? The the whole thing has been a mess. Then COVID, you know, pushed yeah. it back, and so yeah, it's it, it's been a real mess. And they're they're staying away from from the tenth because they've obviously that's the Fury and mm-hmm. Wilder fight, yeah. right? Um, I don't know. There's the Friday. The ninth. Now there's a yeah. big there's a big card of fights on Friday the ninth already, but yeah, I mean, pretty good chance that they're the only ones fighting on Tuesday night. Yeah, you know, and so still old school. 
Yeah, I think right right now, like if they move it to the date they wanted, I think on yeah. the 16th, yeah. it would go up against the uh, Mikey Garcia-Sandor Martin fight. Right. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to do that. No, no. Um, also, uh, we got Jaime Munguia, Gabriel yeah. Rosado for mm-hmm. November 13th on zone. Looking yeah. forward to this one. Yeah, I like this one. And I think, by the way, smart move by the Munguia camp. We talk about... Mm-hmm. You know, trainers, managers, even promoters making the wrong decision. Um, this is a good decision yeah. because Mungia was supposed to fight Derevchenko. Yeah, right. The same Derevchenko that gave Charlo all he could bargain for, and I think beat Triple G. Mm-hmm. Right. This is that same Derevchenko. I think if he fights Mungia, he probably beats him at least right now. Right. Yeah. I, I I seriously would. I seriously, if these guys mm-hmm. were fighting, I would be apt to to lay something down on Dervachenko. Um, but Dervachenko doesn't have the same name, probably not the same money either. So great move to fight Rosado. Taking nothing away from Rosado, but I think Munguia matches up better against Rosado. Yeah. That doesn't mean, I think, and we'll talk about that when it gets closer, that doesn't mean I think is going to beat Rosado. I'm just saying I think he has a better shot against Rosado yeah. than he did against Dervachenko. Not like Bektamir going up against Rosado, who Rosado just knocked out, mm-hmm. right? But I think that it would have been too soon to put Munguia against somebody like Derevchenko. Yeah. He's dangerous, Derevchenko. Mm-hmm. Rosado, also dangerous, but I think his style lends itself to Munguia. Yeah. No, no. I, I think, um, you know, and, and it'll probably make for a more exciting fight for us to watch. Yeah, you without know? a doubt. Although, yeah. although, don't forget, right? You know, I know they're already touting it as a you know potential fight of the year. There's going to mm-hmm. be fireworks. Rosado's changed, yeah, and 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 he had to, right? But if you watch his last fights, he's not going in there slugging it out. Don't forget, right? He fought a really good fight, and, and he's got Freddie Roach now training him against yeah. Daniel Jacobs, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't think he beat Daniel Jacobs. He didn't do enough, but I think most people thought that Jacobs was just going to shellac him, yeah, and he didn't. Right, and then he fights Bechtemir again. He was getting beaten, but he didn't. Again, he didn't get wild. He was calculated. He countered that left that Bechtemir threw from his shoelaces, and out he went. So I don't expect Rosado to go in there and turn this into a firefight. Yeah. He's gonna outbox him. Yeah, and, and and Freddie has been, you know, he's been key, and and who knows in this fight. You know, because Munguia has Eric Morales. Eric Morales is a trainer. Yeah. You know, it's just not at the caliber of uh, Freddie Roach quite yet. No, and see, and this is this is when, right, when you got a fighter like Rosado and a trainer like uh, like Freddie Roach, they'll make adjustments, mm-hmm. okay? They're going to go, they're going to want to take Munguia to deep waters because yeah. Munguia is not used to going into deep waters. And he's been outboxed already in his young career by Smith. I forget the other guy, but he's been outboxed, and then he just yeah. kind of dominates him with the size. Rosado can withstand that early storm, and he can take him to deep waters, mm-hmm. Rick, and that's what I think they're going to try and do. However, if it's not looking so good, Rosado will stand there and turn it into a firefight. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. Interesting fight. Yeah, very interesting fight. Um, Ryan Garcia, uh, first he wants to fight uh, Jojo Diaz. I think they're working on um, getting that set up, and then uh, he wants Tank Davis after that. Yeah, although we know, right, yeah. and he's been calling it out that it'll be tough to get Tank Davis because mm-hmm. Mayweather's trying to keep him only within, you know, the PBC stable of fighters. I think the guard. I, I don't think he should overlook JoJo Diaz, man. No, like I, I'm no longer gonna, 
overlook Jojo Diaz myself. Mm -hmm. Jojo Diaz is tough. I think he's got to be careful because Jojo Diaz has been in there against some really good fighters, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Gary Russell, um, Andre Berto. He's been in there against some world-class fighters, champions. Garcia has not. Yeah. Okay? And if Garcia's not able to land that really flash left hook and he finds himself there, mm -hmm. much like the Luke Campbell fight, and Garcia or Diaz can get inside and turn it into a phone booth type of fight, a messy, you never know. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm so looking, I don't think you should be overlooking him. No, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, I like I, I like that fight, and then you know I seriously have serious doubts that yeah they'll put Tank in there with him, but um, you know looking forward to at least the JoJo Diaz fight. Yep. Um, Clarissa Shields, uh, she's gonna have her second MMA fight. Yeah. Uh, October twenty seventh. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things where. You know, it's kind of the reverse of yeah. how the uh, MMA male fighters are doing, where they're switching over to boxing to make more money. She's switching to MMA for more money. Yeah, and it's kind of unfortunate, right? I mean, the reason she's got to do that is there's just nobody to fight, yeah. right, in, in the women's boxing at her division. And then the fights that are going to be made probably are not, and there's just not as much money. Yeah. So it's, it's as much out of self-preservation, unfortunately, for the great Clarissa Shields. Yeah, no, no, it, uh, you know, whatever she can do to get her money, you know, as long as, you know, she, she's, she's staying healthy and, uh, yeah, I think event, hopefully eventually she gets a good, uh, you know, boxing match. But, um, the problem is Katie Taylor's, you know, like three or four divisions down. That's, yeah. that's, that's the whole thing. So, um, Arter beat her uh, Marcus Brown, they went to purse bid and top rank won that, um, for one point one million, yeah. Uh, Beater Biev, I, he was with DAZN, so yeah. um, Top Rank was able to beat uh, DAZN for that. That'll be interesting. Marcus yeah. Brown, of course, number one ranked in the WBC, mm -hmm. so we'll see. That's good. Yeah, rare that we're getting a champion against the number <laughs> one contender. We've got uh, Triple G versus uh, it's official now. Uh, Ryota yeah. Murata. Yeah, uh, December twenty eighth in Japan. Yeah, you know it's been a long time since we've seen Triple G. A really long time. In yeah. fact, the last time we saw him was, no, he fought Derevichenko, and then he fought another fight after that, uh -huh. right? Uh, where he won, but it just it didn't, but, look, it didn't really look like him yeah. anymore. He's pushing 40, isn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, this is pretty much it for him. Good opponent, by the way, mm -hmm. in, in Murata of, of the, I mean, they've got Murata listed as a WBA champ, Rick, but the <laughs> WBA, of course, not my favorite sanctioning body uh -huh. at all. In fact, it's my least favorite, and I'm not even going to hide it. Um, so yeah, they've got him listed as a champion along with Erislandi Lara. Okay. Don't ask me how yeah. we were there. In fact, when Erislandi Lara won his championship, did, were we not? Mm -hmm. Didn't he win it at the Dignity Health Sports yeah, Center or are we not? So. Yeah. I mean, see, it was so uneventful. So yeah, he's the 160 pound champion along with Murata. Um, that's about the only guy that he can fight there. Yeah. They, I mean, the triple G is still listed as the IBF champ, right? She's in. It feels like two years since we've seen Triple G. Right, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Certainly, uh, in a meaningful fight. Yeah, where he looked like Triple G. Maybe that's <laughs> what you meant to say. It's been two years, or maybe yeah. maybe four years since we've actually seen Triple G. Probably not going to see. You know, it'll be a while. To, you think about it, and it was unfortunate for mm -hmm. Triple G. But up until until Canelo came along, never really had that dance partner, Rick. No, uh, he was avoided, and then the, avoided, and there just wasn't. That many fighters in, Th that's in 160. That's just it, because everybody loved him, right? He yeah. coined himself, Mexican-style fighter, loved, by the way, which he yeah. was. He loved by the Mexican fight fans, loved by all fight fans. Mm -hmm. There just wasn't enough. There wasn't anybody around. Yeah. Other than Canelo. 
Yeah. And he fought Canelo really at the tail end of his prime. And it's kind of reversed now. Like everybody wants to fight Triple G now, like the Demetrius Andrades, the Jamal Charlos. Of course. But uh, of course, you know, yeah, he's, he's I'll, I'll I'll fight uh, mm-hmm. Murata. Yeah. Uh, Andy Ruiz, uh, he said it's either going to be Luis Ortiz or Charles Martin for his next fight. Hopefully it's Ortiz. I yeah. mean, I already told you about Charles Martin. He's yeah. got no business fighting. <laughs> Any, if you know, give give me a break. Although they have, you know, Charles Martin is ranked number two mm-hmm. by the IBF. Don't ask me how that is. And, and yeah, give me a break. We want to see Ortiz. Yeah. Yeah. We want to see King Kong. And uh, we'll, we'll finish the boxing news with uh, Oscar threw out there that uh, he'd offer $100 million to fight uh, Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't even know if I want to see that fight because here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say that, it, that they do get the fight and somehow it happens. Uh-huh. They're both past their prime. Yeah. Right? I think that Mayweather probably still beats him. Right, and what's the point? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's an old timers. It's yeah game, he, Rick. He, even you know? if he wins, you know, then you know Mayweather can always say, you know, hey, well, you know, I hadn't fought in this amount of time. You know, the uh, it'd be all yeah. kinds of excuses everywhere. It's just not something I want to see, yeah. Rick. Like, do do you want to see Mike Piazza against you know, uh, uh, I don't know, Clayton Kershaw or something? Although I know Clayton Kershaw is still active, yeah. but I mean, what what's the point? Yeah, you know? there's no yeah, they, you yeah, right, I think the the pitcher would be like Roger Clemens. Yeah, you against Clemens. Clemens. Right, Clemens you know. and Piazza, that's yeah. right. And another showdown. I mean, for what? <laughs> We've already seen it. Yeah. It just it, like I said, there's no there's no appeal to me. There's there's zero appeal to me in mm-hmm. fact, right? Other than De La Hoya wanting to somehow venge the loss and and be back in the limelight. Unfortunately, it would probably draw a lot of money and a lot of attention, but it's like what's the point? Yeah. It's too, from De La Hoya's perspective, it's certainly, um, he's just a has-been. Yeah. He, he's not in his prime. That's not t- that's taking nothing against him. Great fighter. Same with Mayweather. Mm-hmm. But $100 million? Yeah. And that, that was the other thing with uh, Mayweather. They, they didn't think he had the $100 million. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Where, where's he getting that kind of scratch yeah. <laughs> from? Right? Is, or is that just, is he just hedging, right, mm-hmm. that there's going to be enough interest in that fight? From um, for, from uh, uh, folks that uh, the you know want want to pay for it with the advertisers and whatnot, right? Yeah. That it's going to monetize them. I doubt it. I don't think so. Yeah. No. All right, Rick. Good stuff. We'll come right back. Last segment, stat of the week, and then we'll wrap up round number two, Pacific Coast boxing. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, back with Rick Prado. Stat of the week, before we close this thing out, Rick, what do we got? So I've got a list of uh, 11 heavyweight champions who have also won a gold medal. 11 former gold medalists, right? Yeah. Obviously, the gold medal doesn't have to have come in the heavyweight yeah, division. Yeah. Just the gold medalist peers that have mm-hmm. went on to win. Um, but it has to be the heavyweight championship, yes. right? You know, it's interesting, right? But you would think there'd be more. Uh-huh. Than just eleven, right? Yeah. Y- you would you would think okay. So I'm not gonna know them all, but off the top, mm-hmm. okay, I got Ali Foreman, mm-hmm. Usek, of course. I know one of the Klitschko brothers, right? Those are the ones yeah. that come up to me right off the top. But that's only four. Yeah. So who else we got? So in order from like the first who did it, you know, yeah. to the last, we yeah. got 
Floyd Patterson. Floyd Patterson, yeah. Uh, Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. Joe Frazier. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Could I missed him? George Foreman. Yeah. We got Leon Spinks. Yeah. Michael Spinks. Yeah. Lennox Lewis. Mm-hmm. Then it was uh, Vladimir Klitschko. Yes. Uh, Alexander Povetkin. Yeah. Anthony Joshua. And the, and the last one to do it. Yeah. Alexander Usyk. Yep. There you go. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Um, that's right. That's right. I mean, I knew it was the, some of the old school guys, the Foremans and the mm. Joe Frazers and whatnot. That's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, like I said, that's a good stat. It'd be interesting to see. And by the way, we talked about this a few um, episodes ago, a few rounds ago. I don't think you see that as much anymore. Yeah. Right? I mean, in any division. No. Forget about you know heavyweight. I think in any division, how many Olympic gold medalists are have gone on to win a championship Let's just say from the last three Olympics, you know, I don't know. I know we don't have that number, but I bet it's not very many. You know what? I'll I'll work on it for next week. All right. Yeah, I guarantee you. You're not you're not going to find a whole lot because it's just most are turning pro for different reasons. And then the ones that are winning the gold medal are just not very good professionals for for some of the different reasons that we covered before. But wow. But 11 of them, again, great pull, Rick, because it just kind of. Uh, puts a good bookend to this podcast, which yeah. is Alexander Usek with just a tremendous uh, and virtuoso performance mm-hmm. that he delivered. And I don't think people appreciate enough what he's able to do. And by the way, Rick, when they asked Usek, right, about the fight, this is what I thought was interesting. He said it wasn't as tough as he thought. Yeah. No, he, he, he <laughs> even said he could do better. Right. The That's the yeah. thing. He said he thought it was going to be tougher. And and that, by the way, and I don't know if you should be saying all that, yeah. but fine, right? I guess he's he's earned you know the the ability to say that. Mm-hmm. But I think what he's saying is right. What I'm reading between the lines, Rick, is he probably thought like AJ was going to be more smothering, going to be a lot more aggressive, right? Was going to force him to yeah. fight inside. Um, wasn't going to allow Usyk to get on his bike and kind of, you know, just like you said, just the same way he won the gold medal. <laughs> Right, it, by, it, by boxing. It, it it almost seemed like uh, you know, Usyk should be uh, his trainer for the next fight. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt, right? That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I thought it was interesting, but he said that on multiple multiple interviews. He said he thought it would be tougher. Yeah. Thought it would be a lot more tough of a fight. Said he got hit. It, it wasn't as bad as he thought. And I'm telling you, he's not talking about tougher as far as like how hard he got hit. Mm-hmm. He's talking about tougher with regards to the strategy that AJ yeah. um, that AJ attempted. Yeah, no, definitely a terrible strategy, you know, and wasn't able to execute. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. thinking to himself, I no idea. I just was going to go in there and do the same thing I did at the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. Paw with my right, stick my, you know, my, uh, stick my left hand straight in his face, and the fight's done. There you go, Rick. Podcast round two is done. Good episode, Rick. I'll see you next week. See you next week.